Howdy, welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast. We know you've got a buffet of media to choose from each week. That's why we put a lot of effort into finding stories from the Bible that have relevant lessons for us today. I hope you enjoy. The Agent Pledge. Back in September, I began an online class called Revival School. And in a recent lesson, I was introduced to the Agent Pledge, which begins this way. I pledge to live today as an agent of revival for the kingdom of God. I have been wrestling with what exactly does that mean for my life? And so this morning, I want to share with you four things that an angel, that an agent for revival will do. To begin, let me read the words of the pledge, and then we'll look at the four points separately. The agent pledge. I pledge to live today as an agent of revival for the kingdom of God. As an agent, I will do four things. Number one, I will commit my life daily to King Jesus, the Savior of the world. Number two, I will receive daily instructions through direct communication with heaven and carry out every assignment to the best of my ability. Number three, I will maximize my impact by continually improving every physical, mental, and spiritual power. And number four, I will commit to pursuing revival faithfully until the earth is lightened with the glory of God. Number one in the agent pledge says, as an agent of revival for the kingdom of God, I will commit daily to King Jesus, the savior of the world. Commit daily to King Jesus. What does that look like? To commit to someone, I have to know them. Jesus himself said in John 17, 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. To know someone, I have to spend time with them. The wonderful thing about King Jesus is the more time I spend with him, the more time I want to spend with him. In Jeremiah 31, 3, he tells us, yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. An everlasting love, a love so great that he left the glories of heaven, the adoration of the angels, all that was light and beauty and peace to come to this dark world, to live as one of us, to show us what love is, and to assure us of our salvation by giving his life on Calvary. But there is an enemy who does everything possible to keep us from being drawn to the loving kindness of that everlasting love. The enemy does not want us to see the matchless charms of Jesus. But the Apostle John, who knew Jesus and spent three and a half years with him, tells us in 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. The enemy wants us to believe that following Jesus means up giving all the things that bring us happiness. When in truth, the only way we can have a life of joy is by loving Jesus and keeping his words. This past year, I stumbled upon a verse that I never really noticed before. A verse with so much meaning for my life today. It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 23. The setting is the Last Supper, and Jesus has just been asked a question by his disciple Thaddeus. The question... Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, If a man love me, 
he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Listen to those words one more time. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And what will be the results of keeping his words? My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This has to be one of Jesus' most precious promises. He doesn't just say, I will come unto him. He says, we will come. Both God the Father and Jesus Christ will come unto us and make their abode with us. Jesus is assuring us that he and his Father decide, desire, to live with, to, desire to live in us. The only condition is we keep his words. We love him and keep his words. Jesus wants for us a life of joy. He tells us in John 10.10, 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And in John 15.11, These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And in Psalm 16.11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The enemy's greatest success comes in keeping us so busy and filling our minds with so many things, we don't make that daily commitment to spend time with Jesus and we stray from the path of life. The enemy does not want us to experience the fullness of joy and those pleasures forevermore that Jesus longs to give us. King Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 2.26, For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. So in addition to the joy that he's promised us, he's also promising us wisdom and knowledge. Proverbs 3.13 tells us, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. And Psalm 49.3 tells us, my mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Everything good is to be gained by beholding Jesus and letting him live his life in us. So, to commit daily to King Jesus is not a hardship. It is not something that will make my life difficult. It's the one thing that will bring me not only joy, but wisdom and understanding and peace and all those other things that give life meaning. It's not all about me. It's all about him. Number two. Number two of the agent pledge says, I will receive daily instructions through direct communication with heaven and carry out every assignment to the best of my ability. This one we have to divide into two parts. The first part says, I will receive daily instruction through direct communication with heaven. What does that look like? How do I have direct communication with heaven? I talk to God when I pray. He wants me to talk to him about my problems, my questions, my plans. I need to ask him to speak to me about those areas in my life. He speaks to me through his word. I need to be listening for his voice to speak to my heart in each scripture that I read. Does this verse tell me something I should do? Is it telling me about a good char character quality I need to develop? Is he telling me about some wrong I should forsake? Does it, this verse tell me about some sin I should avoid? Does it tell me how I should be spending my time? Is this verse something God wants me to share with someone? I also need to pay attention to impressions he gives me during my special time with him. What is it God has planned for me today? 
how do I need to alter my plans to be sure they align with his plans for me? Job, 21, Job 22, 21 and 22 says, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace, thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his words in thine heart. Laying up his words in our heart is a call to memorize scripture. Then all through the day, I can meditate on verses I have memorized, and God can continue to speak to me. But there's a second part. In addition to receiving daily instructions through direct communication with heaven, the agent pledge says, I will carry out every assignment to the best of my ability. What do I feel God is calling me to do? Do the verses I just read suggest something I should do now? How do I apply what I just read to my personal life today? We talked earlier about wisdom, the wisdom and knowledge God so willingly gives us. In kindergarten recently, we've been talking about King Solomon and his prayer when he first became king. His prayer in 1 Kings 3.9 begins, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. And then verse 10 tells us, And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And then verse 12 tells us, Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. God delights for us to ask for wisdom. He knows we'll face decisions all day long. As we spend time with him at the beginning of the day, if we will ask him for the help we need that day, he promises for each of us a wise and an understanding heart. I don't know about you, but often during my early devotional time, a thought will come to my mind, a suggestion of something I feel God wants me to do. Am I willing to listen and follow through with those impressions? The impression is often just to do a little thing, to call someone on the telephone, or to write a letter, or send someone a card. Will I carry out every assignment he gives to the best of my ability? Sometimes God uses others to ask for my help in areas of church work. Am I willing to help in whatever way I can? Then there's the bonus God gives me. And this is really important for those of us that are seniors. Throughout the day, God reminds me of things I would have otherwise forgotten. And daily, I thank him for that. Number three. Number three in the agent pledge says, I will maximize my impact by continually improving every physical, mental, and spiritual power. This one we have to divide into three parts. First, physical power. How do I maximize my impact by constantly improving my physical power? I like Joshua White's visual on the Sabbath afternoon when we were out at Oak Glen a few weeks ago. He had Doc and another man come up front to illustrate that the mental and the spiritual powers are dependent on the physical powers. Granted, he was talking about children, but I think it aptly applies to adults as well. God created perfect bodies that have amazing capabilities. There is no question that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The, body refers to our, the Bible refers to our bodies as God's temple. And all throughout his word, we have instructions on how to keep it strong and healthy. The more we learn about the physiology of our body, the more we are in awe of our creator. Am I continually improving my physical powers? 
it is way too easy for me to neglect the physical, way too easy for me to be sedentary. I know that if I exercise in the fresh air and sunshine, I will get a triple benefit. I also know that if I follow God's laws of health, I will be physically stronger. If I am physically stronger, I am a much better representative to others of who my creator intended me to be. Part two, how do I maximize my impact by continually improving my mental powers? When I used to teach junior age children, there was a quarter when we studied the history of the Reformation. Of all the reformers, my hero was John Wycliffe. That man was brilliant. He received a liberal education and was acquainted with every, every branch of learning, including scholastic philosophy, the canons of the church, and the laws of his own country. The power of his genius and the extent and thoroughness of his knowledge commanded the respect of both his friends and foes. He stood foremost among the leading minds of the nation. John Wycliffe, Wycliffe was one of the greatest of the reformers. His breadth of intellect, clearness of thought, firmness to maintain the truth, and boldness to depend it were equal by few that came after him. He was known for his purity of life, for his unwearying diligence in study and in labor, for his incorruptible integrity, and for his Christ-like love and faithfulness in his ministry. What gave him this brilliant mind and strength of character? My favorite author answers the question this way. It was the Bible that made him what it was. The effort to grasp the great truths of revelation impart freshness and vigor to the faculties. It expands the mind, sharpens the perceptions, and ripens the judgment. The study of the Bible will ennoble every thought, feeling, and aspiration as no other study can. It gives stability of purpose, patience, courage, fortitude. It refines the character and sanctifies the soul. An earnest, reverent study of scriptures, bringing the mind of the student in direct, direct contact with the infinite mind, would give to the world men of stronger and more active intellect, as well as of nobler principle that it has ever resulted from the ablest training that human philosophies affords. The Bible tells us in Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. God never intended us to stop learning. There was always more to learn, new things to try. Throughout eternity, we will be learning new things. The more I use the mind God gave me, the keener my mind will be. I mentioned memorizing earlier. Scripture memory is a powerful way to keep our minds sharp. Part three, how do I maximize my impact by continually improving my spiritual power? Our Sabbath school lesson for this week talked about the diligence of the ants and the honeybees in their work. If we improved all our faculties, which our all-wise creator has given us with the same diligence of the bees and the ants in their daily work, our capabilities for usefulness would be greatly increased. Our memory verse for this week is from Colossians 3.23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Many times in thinking about our body temples, we think mainly about our physical bodies. But our characters are also a part of our body temple. We talked earlier about wisdom and understanding. The wise man tells us in Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, 
Through wisdom a house is builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We are building characters for eternity. There are three things that the wise man says will assure that our character house will stand. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. This is a good verse to remember. Let me read it one more time, this time from the New King James. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1.4 another thing our character houses need, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Exceeding great and precious promises? The Bible is full of them. And then Peter gives us yet another reason why these precious promises should be in our heart. He tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. God has called us to live, God has called us to live to help others on their journey. Knowing these promises gives us good news to share. We are accountable for every ray of light that shines on our pathway. And as we impart that light, God will give us more light. And remember, light can be shared even by the expression of our countenance. countenance. Just a smile can be an influence for good. A smile on our face can sometimes make the difference in a day of someone we meet. Number four. Our final point, number four. As an agent of revival for the kingdom of God, I will commit to pursuing revival faithfully until the earth is lightened with the glory of God. Jeremiah told God's people in Jeremiah 6.16, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. How did they answer them? To me, their answer is the saddest words in the Bible. But they said, we will not walk therein. Contrast that with the children of Issachar. First Chronicles 12.32 says, And of the children of Issachar, there were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. God wants us to understand the times we're living in. Why? So we, God's remnant people, will know what we ought to do. In prayer meeting, we've been working our way through the Psalms, and I found the perfect verse to complement this verse in 1 Chronicles about understanding the times. Psalms 14.2 tells us, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. In his word, God provides us with abundant instructions. I want to be numbered with those that understand and seek God now while there is time. In speaking about the recent experience of the Asbury campus, the president of their theological seminary says this, despite the endless coverage in social media and the regular media, which is calling this a revival, I think it is wise to say this, at the current phase, I, I think it is wise to see this at the current phase as an awakening. 
Only if we see lasting transformation which shakes the comfortable foundations of the church and truly brings us all to a newer and deeper place can we look back in hindsight and say, yes, this was a revival. An awakening was, is where God begins to stir and awaken people up from their spiritual slumber. This is definitely happening not only in Wilmore, but as this move of God spreads to other schools and communities across the nation and even the world. We must keep our hearts and eyes fixed on Jesus and ask for him to complete the work he has begun so that over time there is a lasting transformation in the lives of those who are being touched by God. Those are the president's words. My prayer is that soon we, there will be a revival in our schools, in our churches, in our conferences. When I decided to speak about revival, my illustration was going to be the revival in Wales in 1904. I had no way of knowing that a revival was about to happen in a Christian school in Kentucky. Things in our world are happening with lightning speed. Now, now today is the time for each of us to look at our own lives and ask God to give us discernment and understanding about the times we live in. I'm going to close by rereading the Agent Pledge, and then I've asked Karen Pratt to sing the William Miller song to close our service. So one last time, the Agent Pledge. I pledge to live today as an agent of revival for the kingdom of God. As an agent, I will do four things. Number one, I will commit my life daily to King Jesus, the Savior of the world. Number two, I will receive daily instruction through direct communication with heaven and carry out every assignment to the best of my ability. Number three, I will maximize my impact by continually improving every physical, mental, and spiritual power. And number four, I will commit to pursuing revival faithfully until the earth is lightened with the glory of God. I want you to listen to the words as Karen sings, I have fixed my mind on another time. Thank you so much for listening. We record these messages each week at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adairsville. And if you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you. Stop in and say hi and enjoy some good Southern food with us. We'll see you next week.